Welcome back to Behind the Badgers and happy Friday to everyone tuning in. I'm your host, Chad Copeland. Today's special guest is somewhat of a social media savant. He has made his mark as a club director and coach in the Chittenden County area. Um, and he sits second all time in the record books for coaching victories for his respective sport. I met him in the fall of 2018, and it's my pleasure to give a warm welcome to NVU Johnson's head men's soccer coach, Shane Bufano. Shane, how's it going today? Good. I'm, I'm more than, uh, you know, humbled that you call me a savant on social media, but uh, <laughs> I'll take it. Hey, man. I mean, you've taught me a few things uh, along the way, so I appreciate it. Um, and, you know, you, you're, you are a social media savant in my eyes, but let's get right to business. Talk a little bit about your path to becoming a head coach uh, at the collegiate level and really how you ended up here at Northern Vermont University, Johnson. You know, <clears throat> that's a very interesting question, and uh, I'll answer it honestly. It's, it's actually kind of got a, a sad uh, <laughs> vibe to it, but uh, um, so, you know, I... You know, I've kind of always forged my own path, uh, just kind of in my everyday life. I'm a divergent thinker in a sense, and, you know, I'm kind of always moving on to the next thing or challenging myself, um, you know, doing a lot of things that I don't necessarily always, <clears throat> you know, I'm not always open to ask for help for things on, on stuff, but, um, you know, I kind of always have taken a different path. So, um, you know, I started as a uh, middle school coach for one year at Edmonds Elementary. Um, <clears throat> and then kind of got an opportunity to work as a JV coach at South Burlington. And, and that was like fresh out of college. So when I was like 22 years old, which is when I took that South Burlington job, I had uh, started a uh, youth soccer club called Queen City because I you know, I'd, I'd seen a void in terms of the pay-to-play system that a lot of youth sports, not just soccer, um, but, you know, the whole placation and and uh, uh, youth sports movement to kind of privatizing things. And, and I wanted to create an opportunity for kids that was, uh, you know, a, a lower cost option, have a little bit more flexibility, be more community-based and not about the money. So, <clears throat> you know, I'd started that and kind of found my niche and role into, um, uh, you know, as a JV coach and very early into that, because uh, as you say, I'm a social media savant. I, I used to work in media as a professional photographer and mainly in sports photography at a high level of, you know, some minor league stuff. And, and I had connections with that kind of stuff. And and uh, an opportunity actually arose to me when I was 23, 24, so I think it was my second year at South Burlington um, where I got offered to be the director of operations for UVM for the men's soccer team there. And <clears throat> I was kind of younger and stupid and didn't realize what kind of opportunity that was in terms of, you know, my career. And I passed it off just because it wasn't a paid position and um, I was young and I <laughs> needed the money. Um, and, you know, looking back at that do i regret it maybe maybe not um because kind of everything leads to you know i enjoy what I'm, i've done so you know I, I did that jv thing for a little while and <clears throat> i'd applied you know uh to to coach and be a varsity coach of several high schools and i was always a bridesmaid never a bride kind of thing where i'd 
always be an interview, get a finalist, and then for whatever reason, I wouldn't get hired. Um, you know, it was usually you know a teacher that'd been there for a while, or an assistant, or you know something. But I, I'd always kind of been like, what do I have to do to you know be a head coach somewhere? Absolutely. And uh, and and I was always, <clears throat> in my eyes, I always thought I kind of was the best candidate for those those jobs. And and uh, you know, so I ended up having the same kind of opportunity at Linden as well. And then you know, I got passed up there, but I was a finalist. So I think that happened like five or six times to me. You know, in the course of two or three years, um, you know, feeling like I should be getting it with my resume and. Then the Johnson opportunity kind of came along, and um, you know I had some people on the ends that <laughs> kind of knew everything in the in the interview process, um, um, and kind of fed me a little bit of information. and And I was not the best candidate for the Johnson job in terms of pure resume. And ironically enough, I ended up you know getting uh, the offered the position. So you know the rest is history from there. But. You know, basically as a hard worker, I always have built things. Um, you know, I built Queen City from a club of one team and 18 players to what it is now, over 20 teams, over 300 players, one of the biggest um, clubs in the state. And uh, <clears throat> kind of what, you know, I, I work tireless, tirelessly, you know, to do at Johnson and kind of bring in a, a big roster and always striving to get better so yeah that's great that, that's a bit of a sad story in the sense that i you know felt defeated for a little bit because i wasn't getting it but i just kind of kept getting back on the horse and kept trying and then i ended up getting a job that i love um and it ended up being a higher level job and now you know um opportunities will open right yeah opportunities like I will continue to open offered the opportunity to coach at Stowe since we're kind of on hiatus for the pandemic as a varsity coach there. So, uh, yeah, you mentioned the pandemic, Shane, um, you know, you were on campus yesterday, you got your coat, you got tested for COVID. Um, you know, everyone's going through that process process, right. but what has the talk been around your program and, you know, even within your coaching network? It's a lot of uncertainty and, and it's like, you can't really blame you know, kids or even administrators or or coaches for anything because everything's ever changing. And, and um, you know, from a club scene for me, um, you know, we had to really adapt to all the changes that were going on um, with, you know, club sports. And and so, you know, one of the things that I, I you know, voice my opinion in all committees that I'm on and 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 league meetings and stuff about you know business as usual kind of attitude of some people like not understanding we're in a pandemic and being flexible and being adaptive or being um you know like creative in terms of how we're going to set things up is is important and if anything like yeah we can return to to you business as usual maybe in a year or two but playing and, and having that enjoyment and camaraderie with, you know, teammates and, and that ability to, you know, be out on the field, finding any kind of way we can do that. So at the club level, when we, we didn't know if we were going to have any competitions, but we could just practice, you know, I had talked with a few other clubs around like, Hey, if we can't do this, like these kids need a, 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 an outlet for competition. So what if we did like a skills competition where they're socially distant or we did like a cross country race or something, and we were all over that. Luckily, we did get to play some games that were small-sided, 
but uh you know we had that opportunity and, and at the collegiate level right now <clears throat> you know i'm actually super proud of my boys so one of the things that's tough being a part-time coach at johnson is you know i'm not kind of always around to uh monitor yeah. and see what's going on yeah monitor if they're doing like their you know um you know out of season um workouts or you know they're getting together to play and they're so they've probably just been kind of inside all summer and they're itching to play and they're setting up two to three days without me that i don't even know like and and they're doing a really good job of that so i'm, I'm proud of them they just kind of want to play and they're figuring out, you know, whatever way they can to do that. And it's, it's, you know, keeping a lot of them active here. So um, it's, it's, it's different. <clears throat> I think there's an element of team building that goes into it because you and your teammates are trying to find ways to adapt and, and you actually get an opportunity to bond. So like for, for instance, like, you know, some coaching philosophy is like, you know, an interesting one is like, uh, sometimes it's like, coach will be really hard on the team and it's like if they're having bad chemistry issues because it's like let them collectively hate one thing and maybe that's me as the coach versus and then they can bond over that and uh the pandemic kind of gives the team an opportunity to bond in, in a sense where like they gotta you know figure things out on their own and figure out how can we make this work to get something enjoyable out of it because we've been thrown this situation so. yeah absolutely you know even when i'm on campus and i'm outside um i see a lot of your guys out there uh like you said they're they're kind of doing it on their own and i think that's great i think that shows internal leadership um and i think that's something every program needs uh for everyone that's just tuning in i'm here with uh, head men's soccer coach shane bufano Coach Bufano sits second all-time in program wins. Uh, Coach, thanks for taking your time out of your day to jump on behind the Badgers. Uh, Let's get back into um, a little bit of last year. Uh, Coach, you graduated two really important pieces to your team. Um, They graduated this past spring. Uh, I know Danny is still actually on campus. I saw him earlier today. He was uh, searching for a work-study job, so he came to see me. Um, But Danny Ariola and Rob Bonanno. Uh, Danny comes from Romeoville, Illinois, and Bonanno, a local Vermont kid. Talk a little bit about the impact they had the past two seasons, but also talk about your preparation on the recruiting scene to fill those gaps in the roster for this season. Yeah, so, um, you know, with those two, uh, we had such success the year before. Not saying we weren't successful last year. We we had a different type of success, but uh, we and we had a much tougher schedule last season in comparison to the 2018 fall. But the the things that those two were able to do on the field and the ability to change games for us. Uh, you know, brought a lot of attention. So we set a scoring record. Well, we set a scoring record the first year when Just Bunano was here and, and, and Danny Ariola was at the junior college, uh, uh, jo- Joliet yep. in sh- the Chicago area. But we reset that, that the next year because they were just such uh, gifted offensive players. But, you know, with all the stats and <clears throat> goals and not just goals, but nice goals that those those two scored they got a lot of attention obviously being a a first team all-conference player too which hadn't happened in a while at uh uh for johnson so going into that next year they garnered a lot of a lot of uh uh 
you know, game planning from the other team. And so it helped develop our other younger players because they had to figure out how to, you know, be in a bigger role having that, you know, Bonanno was double teamed or Danny was double teamed or played a little bit more aggressively because they were now going from being relatively unknown to known. Um, and so, you know, they, that's helped them <clears throat> develop the younger guys. Um, but also, you know, like it had a huge impact on us. Having said that, towards the end of the season, both of them, you know, dealt with some injuries. So it helped us kind of get a glimpse into what it would look like, um, you know, going forward. And I think uh, if we had played this fall season, the impact would have been immense because those two guys can kind of take over a game because they have that kind of talent. Um, you know, like sometimes Rob, you know, not really doing much for 20, 25 minutes. And then he turns it on and he's unstoppable for five and he puts in two or three. Absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> you know, we were planning on having a score in different ways. And we have a lot of talent coming in right now. And uh, it's just, it, but right now, I don't, I don't think we've got that, like, game changer. Like, I'd say we overall have, like, a, a higher <clears throat> a higher level of uh, players, but... You know, it's not, we don't have that huge star, if you want to call him that, um, that we had in those two guys. So. Yeah, and you two with a skill set every single day. Um, you know, like you said, he, he might not do something for 20 to 25 minutes, um, but you know once he is locked in and he's playing um he's 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 unstoppable uh in just two years i think he he's top 10 in total points and he's top 10 uh sixth overall in goals um in program history and i think uh you know that speaks for itself right there uh, yeah if he hadn't gotten injured i think he could have you know gotten to two or three on that list because he missed couple of Vermont Tech games last year which he usually cleans up in <clears throat> goal wise against those guys um, and uh, there's another game he missed that uh, you know he usually puts in a couple against that team uh, just because his skill set is so much more advanced than them so yeah absolutely um, but you know he's he made a great career in three years at Johnson on the field and proud of that guy I, uh, I mentioned earlier in the episode, we joked about it a little bit uh, with your skills um, in, in social media. Uh, I think the coaching profession has changed so much in the last five to 10 years with added responsibilities for college coaches, besides just recruiting and on field practice and competition. Uh, what, what additions have you really seen throughout your coaching career? Um, and how have you become acclimated to those additions? Yeah, so, like, um, that's a really interesting <clears throat> question, and uh, I don't mean to out him, <clears throat> but Andrew LaFrenz, who's the women's coach, we had this discussion, I think, my first year at Johnson. Um, just, you know, he's a, a bit older than I am. Um, and one of the things that, you know, helped me build my club team as well is my uh, was wokeness, I would say, not <laughs> with, like, you know, younger kids and stuff and, and, uh, you know, just the ability to, to just how they connect, like, you know, sending an email to a kid, they may not read, they may not be versed in, in you know, using their email, but if you sent them a Facebook message, they'd get right back to you. So <clears throat> just knowing that and using that to my, um, advantage and, and how you communicate with kids and, you know, it's not always just getting down to business with them either. Yeah, um, Wyatt Moberg, who is the uh, was a sophomore captain last year on the team as a back, 
we joke about it all the time. Um, so, you know, we kind of connected through social media when I was in the recruiting process with him and we talked more about, uh, he, he hates LeBron and I'm a huge LeBron fan. And he's <laughs> a Boston area, so he's a big Celtics guy. And this is back when LeBron was on Cleveland. And all we did was <laughs> talk about, uh, you know, NBA stuff. And he would just constantly, you know, bash LeBron to me and I'd give it back to him. And, uh, you know, they were playing the Celtics in the, Eastern Conference Finals that year. So, um, but yeah, just kind of being down with how kids communicate, really. And it's just something I've been good at just because I keep up with the societal uh, norms, I guess. But for some other coaches, they don't, they refuse to use that. And, and, and Andrew didn't really want to use Facebook or, or Instagram or any of that stuff when um, I got here. And I got him to kind of be more open to it because I'm like, this is how kids communicate like yeah. i know you don't do that which is cool but you gotta fake it <laughs> like not fake it as in, in terms of tell lies but like fake it is and like i'm cool and hip and i use facebook or whatever so it's like so um it, you know it, it's a it's a culture change for for some older coaches have been doing it a long uh long time and this is how they've always done it and kind of breaking out of that pattern and adapting so i talk a lot about how i'm adaptable and and, and personable and and that's what social media is it's it's a, it's an opportunity for people to um you know have a platform and you know not necessarily be a celebrity but in a sense like you're in a sense uh you know promoting your own brand whatever that is so like if you like to post a bunch of pictures of you singing or uh videos of you singing like you're you're broadcasting that to the world and online. So, um, yeah. And I mean, you definitely, you're working with, um, people and groups that you may never see if it wasn't for that social media. Right. And, and the other thing with social media that it does too, is, you know, we have a lot of guys that stay in communication with me that didn't decide to come to Johnson, but we were in their top two and they go to another school because maybe it's a higher level or whatever. And <clears throat> then they stay, they don't defriend us on social media and they see some of the success we're doing or they see some of the fun the guys are having off the field that I post. And then they'll message me and be like, yeah, I left that school. I'm interested in coming back here. So, you know, it's another way to kind of just showcase, you know, what we do as a, as a group and, and, uh, it's like I said, it's a, it's another way to communicate, but it's all, like I said, for some guys, that's the only way they communicate. Like they don't, they don't read email and, and that might be, have to be the way you get through to them on phone. And like, it's, it's a, it's, it's very quick to get in touch with them. Yeah, absolutely. You, uh, you mentioned, uh, some of the fun stuff that you guys do off the field. Who are some of those locker room guys? And, you know, maybe, um, you don't know, you know, all of that yet, um, in terms of this fall, but maybe in the past, some of the returners, um, that kind of keep everyone level-headed and focused. And then who are some of the guys that keep it light and, you know, want to keep the team laughing and kind of engaged? Uh... So <clears throat> I'd say, uh, <laughs> one of the ones that kind of keeps it light and I don't know if he necessarily would agree with me saying it but uh it would definitely be uh silas lowenthal from hardwick yep yeah hardwick hazen area so um you know he (laughs) is funny because i (laughs) 
don't know if I should tell the story or not, but I'm going to anyways. Uh, so when, uh, you know, he came to Johnson, I didn't know much about him. Um, Hazen's obviously, it's a, in a very uh, different area of the state where it's not highly populated and, and uh, it's a little different. So Come on, man. Uh, I come from 20 minutes from there. <laughs> so you know um so you know the picture he had sent me when i did his recruiting write-up um and the stuff that i posted online on our instagram he just looked like super rough lumberjacky and i hadn't met him in person um and so he came late to preseason last year i can't remember why he's like a day or two late and uh Oh, no, not, not I remember what it was. It, he wasn't late. He didn't have his paperwork done. He didn't have a physical, so he, he had to wait a day. Um, so <clears throat> he shows up, and he's wearing, like, preppy clothes. And, like, I thought you were going to be a lumberjack. I didn't realize you were going to be such a preppy kid. And uh, so he ended up missing the first day where we did our mile test, and then he ended up doing it, and he smoked it. Like, he – I think his time was, like, five – 17 he finished just one second behind that person who finished first which was jack Battistonia at five eight uh five sixteen so you know he he's a fun loving guy he likes to joke with me a lot and jokes with the team and everybody kind of loves him uh he's like everybody's favorite freshman from last year um i'd say blazer so go freshman keeper came in from well, a bunch of different places so he he moved to virginia he's kind of a an army kid and uh you know he was in germany he was in spain um so you know he's very you know militaristic in that sense uh he's got a big heart he won't say that he does but he does and, uh, <laughs> he he actually keeps me more focused and I, I honestly feel like watching him kind of direct things with wyatt this fall with the pandemic going on he might even keep him more disciplined than, than I do um, just because he's, you know, he's very, you know, like I said, he's... He's your he's goalie. He's respected. Absolutely. Right. Some funny moments. I think one of the funniest moments wasn't even in the soccer season, um, but I, I asked Coach Bufano during a basketball weekend to show up and be our mascot, um, and I think... He, he eats that stuff alive. He came in. He was energetic. I think he broke a sweat in that suit, too. Um, I think that was awesome. But uh, you've always wanted to sing the national anthem, Shane. I don't know if I can let you do that, but I think if you send me uh, a couple demos or something, you know, I can I can review it and we can uh, figure it out from there. Um, but I think we're running out of time. So I just want to say thanks again to head men's soccer coach at NVU Johnson, Shane Bufano, uh, social media savant. And, you know, you'll see him in the Chittenden County area or even at Stowe High School this year. Shane, thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you, Chad. I appreciate you having me on. Okay.